0: We are and always will be a nation of immigrants. This
1: is my country, my damn country. Give me my country, you can keep the rest. Old men and women yearning for freedom and opportunity who leave their homelands and come to a
0: new country to start their lives over. We were strangers once, too. My country. Hello, 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 aliens and allies. Your friendly Russian is here. This is We the Aliens podcast, and I am your host, Sasha Kapustina. Here, I talk to immigrants who are kicking ass in the U.S. Thank you for tuning in. My guest this week is Camila Russo. She is a Chilean-American financial journalist. And in 2020, in the middle of pandemic, she founded The Defiant, a media platform that has quickly become one of the most trusted and respected news sources in the world of decentralized finance, more known as crypto. You've heard of crypto, you've heard of Bitcoin, you've heard of Doge, you've seen the SNL sketch. If you're into sports, you've probably heard of the digital collectible sports cards. You may have even heard of the mysterious non-fungible tokens, the NFTs. It's the cutting edge of the finance and technology. And to most people, it sounds like intersection of digital witchery and Ponzi schemes. And there's certainly a good share of speculation. And let's be honest, some unkosher activity in that field. And yet many believe it's the future. Full disclosure, I do. But I'm not here to sell you on it. As they say, do your own homework. What I am excited to do is introduce to you Camila, who's not some TikTok crypto influencer. She is a real solid financial journalist, Northwestern grad who cut her teeth at Bloomberg, no less, and who is now focusing on crypto. It makes me extra happy to see a woman, an immigrant, a Latina, at the helm of one of the best platforms in the space. And while I'm on this fangirl kick over here, I wanna tell you about Camila's book, The Infinite Machine, which was published by HarperCollins in 2020 and is a great introduction into the space for anyone who's curious. It's the first book on history of Ethereum. It's an easy and exciting read because besides breaking down the basics of what crypto is, The book actually focuses on people's stories, people who are building this future technology. I really enjoyed it. And I have not been paid to say this. Okay. Unfortunately, Uh, I'm kidding, of course. Anyway, here's my chat with Camille. My usual first question is, where did you come here from and when?
1: I'm originally from uh, Santiago, Chile. The first time I came to the U.S. in 2009, actually, uh, to study in Chicago at uh, Northwestern University. I actually lived in Miami when I was little. I guess kind of that's another time I I immigrated. (laughs) I I have a complicated story of like jumping around different places, but the abbreviated version is that I'm originally from Santiago, Chile. I lived in Miami when I was little, when I was nine, until like for around three years. Rest kind of my school years, university, all of that in Chile. First job at a newspaper in Mercurio, then came to study in the U.S. and Chicago, was here for a bit over a year, then spent Argentina, Madrid, and then came back back to New York in 2017. Okay, that's a lot all over the place. So let's go back
0: to Chile. Growing up, what was it like?
1: Um, Well, I mean, first off, I have a wonderful family. I had a really happy childhood. It wasn't perfect, of course. Like My parents got a divorce when I was pretty young, and actually that led to me going to Miami because my my mom remarried a Chilean who was living in Miami at, at that Point. So that's why I, I got to live in, in Miami when I was little. That's where I learned English though I, I, I did go to an English school in, in Chile so that was uh, a really good opportunity I had uh, growing up. I mean I should say I, I come from a very I guess privileged uh, family. I had access to really good edu- education my parents both had really good jobs really good jobs like what my dad is an engineer well his story is a uh, pretty um inspiring like he his generation was the first uh, generation to actually go to university uh like his family comes from immigrants as well in chile mm. where are they from uh they they were from israel oh yeah yeah so they immigrated to the south of chile um my family from my dad's side is like like businessmen like entrepreneurs like they didn't go to college kind of thing Mm -hmm. but my dad did and he was like always kind of star student and then my mom had uh, studied architecture and then public relations and had a bunch of jobs in like public relations but then her and my dad had a business uh in Mm -hmm. importing toys Oh wow! Um, like yeah, like they were like <laughs> one of the first uh, importers of uh, Fisher Price toys to to Chile.
0: I don't know what those are. Fisher I, Price. I don't think we oh, like- had those in Russia.
1: <laughs> oh really? Oh, they, they're like, I don't know. They're like a like a really famous uh, American brand of toys. Like I'm sure um, kids now know them,
0: but mm-hmm. I grew up around the collapse of Soviet Union, so we didn't have any of that stuff.
1: Oh yet. wow! Okay. Yeah. oh that's that's super interesting um so my family was like was, was in a very comfortable position
0: and what was the situation in the country like what was the political environment economic situation overall in the country was it stable at that time
1: chile um is one of the i'd say one of the most stable countries in south america or was um i don't think it's that anymore But um, at the time that I was growing up, Chile was very prosperous, it was, you know, thriving, it was pretty stable. I had a different experience when I was living in Argentina, Mm but that's kind of a whole different um, economic framework and uh, um, political system. But Chile, you know, has been a a very just stable, prosperous country, at least in relation to um, other countries in South America. So, Overall, you know, very kind of happy, uh, you know, growing up, um, had, had the great opportunity of like living in the US, seeing the culture, like learning English. And that really always stuck with me. Like, um, I think it it made an impression of like, oh, like I can, you know, live here like this is something that's attainable mm-hmm. to me because in Chile, um because it is like so stable and like people usually do have pretty you know good opportunities or at least you know opportunities to have like a, a good family life very few people think of emigrating like everyone's pretty comfortable like even people who come to college in in the u.s like if like Chileans in MBA programs, they're never looking to actually stay in the U.S. They're always looking to go back to Chile.
0: I guess it's good for Chile.
1: Yeah, yeah. Chile's like receiving immigrants. Like Chile gets immigrants from from Venezuela, from Bolivia, but it, it's not a huge exporter mm-hmm. of, of talent, of people. But I think like living in Miami really made an impression on me. Like I really kind of enjoyed life there and thought, okay, like I can actually... You know, come back here. Uh, one well, day, it so. is also
0: very Latino, so there's a lot. It's a comfortable yeah. kind of starting ground, and I've heard that story from many uh, immigrants coming from Latin America. Actually, of different uh, from different countries, landing in Miami because yeah. it's very Spanish speaking, and overall the culture is very. The culture accepting. is
1: similar. It it, it is. Um, I the school I went to though, like wasn't a very kind of um Spanish uh like or Latin school. Uh like oh, it was a
0: fancier white school.
1: It was. <laughs> it was a public school. It was a public school, but it was but in a good neighborhood. It was in a good neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. Like I I had like some basic kind of English uh skills, but um I don't remember like other uh, Latinas uh, mm. in my class which is really surprising considering I was in Miami but my yeah. school was like pretty white. Yeah, I remember kind of going for months without understanding anything, like getting Fs because like I, I really just I like, couldn't understand that until like one day it like clicked. Like, I mm-hmm. remember one day being like, "Okay, like I'm understanding what the teacher is saying now." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and everything like started getting better I started making friends but it was like I don't know I'd say like the first six months were like super tough
0: yeah and how did you make it through those six months like what what helped you as a little kid do you remember
1: um I don't I don't remember like I don't even remember having like actual kind of English language like like classes like classes mm. to learn English it was just like okay here you are here's your school like learn
0: <laughs> there was no I ESL class nothing like no,
1: that no no that's kind of the my mom's approach to things uh, which it looks like like it's working for you it is it is like she's <laughs> she has like 100 percent trust in my brother and me and like she's like they can do anything
0: I think that's the most important thing there is
1: yeah no I mean yeah I think like I am where I am because like my mom has always kind of instilled that in me it's like yes like you can do anything you propose yourself um and it was like that way I think she's like okay they're smart they know some English they'll figure it out and it did (laughs) it did work out I love it
0: and so you went back to Chile you went to uh, you went to college there, you started working there. And so what was that moment where you decided to come to the U.S. and study? And were you coming just to study or did you want to move and stay?
1: Um, so I think um, I I always had that in the back of my mind that I would go back to the U.S. So um, when I, when I was in high school, I I was like one of the few uh, people in in my high school who went and took the, the SATs. It was like mm-hmm. m- me and like one other friend like went and, and did the SATs, but then I figured like it was like really hard to actually get accepted into uh, like a regular college from Chile. So I said, so whatever. I, I like tabled that for, for a bit. Yeah, it was always on the back of my mind. Uh, then... I just started uh, journalism in a uh, university in Chile. I applied to an internship at like one one of the top uh, newspapers there. I, I was th- working there for a while. And I think it was like this moment when I just thought I'm what, like early 20s? I'm already kind of at the most read newspaper in Chile. What am I going to do? Like, sure, like maybe I can become an editor, maybe, you know, whatever. But like, I didn't see much, much more for me to grow inside that space. I decided that I, I wanted more, you know, like I, I didn't want to stay in a small country. I, I was like always looking to the most like famous writers or journalists, looking at the, the big kind of media companies, dreaming of like being a New York Times uh, reporter or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I realized kind of the only way to potentially get there would be uh, getting, at, I mean, starting with um, having a U.S. education. Um, So that's, that's why I decided to apply.
0: Did you have a concept or any sense of how difficult it would be or how much you're giving up at that moment?
1: Well, first of all, just getting accepted to uh, Northwestern was huge. Like I'll remember that uh, forever. Like. (laughs) I mean, it's huge for
0: anyone here. I mean, for anybody who's listening, yeah. I get listeners from all over the world. Not everybody knows it's one of the most prestigious universities in America.
1: Yeah, it's really good for journalism. So that was that was huge. Um, and I mean, just just that, like, even even if it was just like going to Northwestern and like coming back to Chile, that would have you know already been like pretty cool. Yeah. When I first got into it. I was being a little bit naive like oh I'll have like a good you know college degree and then I'll get a job and I'll just stay <laughs> in the U.S. Um, but then I think like the first time that I were really started to kind of uh, get worried for the first time was when I came to this open house that Northwestern held for like new students uh, with my dad. My dad kind of got that kind of as a mm-hmm. present for me to come together to like this the Northwestern Open House. I, I wanted to talk to the students there, hopefully international students. Because I wanted to ask them, you know, like, what they thought about getting a job. And so I was, like, super embarrassed. And my dad just went and approached, like, Indian-looking guy. So, like, my dad assumed, oh, like, he, he must be, inter- like, international. And he was. Um, uh-huh. I know, like, that's maybe politically inc- incorrect. But that's actually what happened. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess we get to make those
0: assumptions because we're not from here.
1: Maybe. I don't know. But... <laughs> I don't know. He looked foreign, so he yeah. approached my dad. Approached him, and he was like, "Hey, like my daughter just got accepted. She's from Chile. Um, like she wants to go to like work on the Chicago Tribune or the New York Times. Like, what are you doing after school? And like also like can we look at your dorm like to, to see if like maybe she she'd want a room here." And so we go into his dorm and it was a mess. It was super depressing. It was sturdy. It was dark. His room was dirty
0: or, or just the whole space, like the no, entire his, no, complex?
1: No, 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 no. Like the Northwestern like has like really nice buildings and everything. <laughs> um, but no, like like his room, like his mm. his room was like really bad. Um, So I was like, well, what were you like, oh, uh, like what? I don't know. Not, not a College it.
0: boy. What did
1: we? What did <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I I was a little spoiled, and then he was like, "No. Like, what are you thinking? That like, you're gonna get a job? Like, that's that's impossible. Like, I came here to study. I'm going back to my country. I get to remember where he was from. It's it's impossible. Like, you as an international student, like, they're not gonna give you a visa. Like, there's like." all of these american uh, journalists who who are going to be fighting for your job like you're not there's no way nobody anybody's going to hire you because they'll need to sponsor your visa and there's tons of journalists everywhere like why would they sponsor your visa and so i came out of that conversation like in shock I was like and i like i was crying on the way back on the car Uh, in the car with my dad and I was like oh my god like what am I doing I'm like what did I think Uh, how could I be so naive like I'm never going to make it I'm going to have to go back to Chile like with the, mm-hmm. t- the tail behind my legs. And then my dad gave me like this pep talk. You can do it. You know, inspirational dad words.
0: <laughs> Your dad's so good. Yeah,
1: no, my parents have a big part in, in all this. He, he convinced me, you'll find a way. He's just like one in many, you, you see everywhere foreigners making it in the US. So you, you can be one of them too. I kind of trusted uh or or like saw what he was saying but that's kind of where i realized okay like maybe things aren't gonna be as easy as i thought and and yeah I, I it was pretty hard how was the studying itself studying at northwestern it was a great experience i only have positive things to say about the I it was a one-year master's program a master's in journalism you could uh take kind of like um a platform track and a topic track. So I took a uh, magazine and business uh, mm-hmm. journalism. Like the business journalism class really opened my eyes into that type of storytelling. Because uh, before Northwestern, um, I was never interested in like finance or markets or anything like that.
0: Oh, really? What were you writing about?
1: I got into journalism because I like writing stories. Like I like
0: Human interest stuff.
1: Yeah. Before going into journalism school, I always kept a journal and wrote just poetry, fiction stories, short stories. I just like loved writing. So I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, in journalism, I get to write for a living. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I was always interested in politics and history, not kind of the numbers, like hard hard sciences. And so at Northwestern, I thought, you know, like, because I took a loan. I'm sorry,
0: can I ask, did you get the loan in Chile or here? In Chile.
1: Wow. No, in Chile. So, yeah, like I, I found it really hard to to get financing options for f- uh, foreign students mm-hmm. uh, in the different Very schools difficult. I applied. Um, They like all the grants, all, everything are for American students. Yes. I took a loan out at, at, at a bank in Chile. My mom had to sign as like co-signer. And with that, like I was I was able to take out um, a loan for to study.
0: It's a lot of money.
1: It was, yes, it was.
0: That's so brave.
1: Yeah, so it was like a lot writing on this because I need to make a U.S. journalist kind of salary to pay that back,
0: yeah. That's bullsy, I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was, it was a little crazy. Uh, I, I felt like pretty crazy. <laughs> no, I like love that. it and
0: I love that your mom believed in you and that she did that with you.
1: Like I said, yeah, my mom, like my parents along the way, they, they are a key. My mom always, always has believed they can do whatever. So like she had no doubt in co-signing that, that loan. So I was um, at Northwestern thinking about kind of like what classes to take. And I thought I'm paying a lot of money to be here. So I better learn stuff that I don't already know or, or that it's going to be hard for me to, to learn otherwise. So that's why I took the business journalism class, because I thought, you know, it'll be really easy for me to write about politics or write about environmental issues or whatever. Like it's, it's something that's like more intuitive to mm-hmm. me. So I like purposely went for the thing that was harder. That really changed everything for me because I was surprised to learn that I really loved writing finance stories because I thought it was really cool to have like a more objective view of the world. So You could write about a company looking at its balance sheets, and that could tell you exactly like how uh, good or bad they were doing.
0: And it does tell a story.
1: Yeah. Like you could look at markets and it's like a more objective way of of looking at, you know, what's going on in a country. Like If you look at bond yields, uh, that's kind of a market consensus of like thousands of participants who are making an opinion on, on what the situation in that country is. So and and so on. Same with like companies and whatever. So I just thought that was super interesting. Um, and I thought that it was exciting that like market stories get read by people who make a living off that information. It felt like pretty powerful to be the person writing those stories. Responsibility. Yeah, I thought it was like really really exciting uh, to be behind those stories. So that's that's what uh, made me think of applying to like the Bloomberg news internship.
0: And before that, was there a moment culturally of of any kind of clash for you coming from Chile being in 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 the US during those early years? Were there any things that were kind of difficult for you to process or adapt to?
1: I think like the the biggest cultural difference for me was that Chile is all about kind of where you fall in the social ladder mm-hmm. um it's it's a very um status oriented uh yeah like the word in spanish classista mm-hmm. uh, i don't know how you say that in english classist I classist think. yeah mm-hmm. classes okay it is a very classist society mm-hmm. to the extent that like your last name matters a lot where you went to school like to high school matters a lot uh, more than like in some circles, more than like where you went to college or like what your degree is.
0: I mean, we know that in America, the zip code defines your the, pretty much the rest of your life, the zip code that you grew up in.
1: In Chile, it's like where, whenever you're in a social situation, the first question, um, or at least back then, I think it's changed now, but when I was growing up, it was like, what's your name? And what's your last name like in any social gathering like people would ask you like your last name
0: but how does last name define your class is there are there different oh yeah
1: there's there's like different levels of last names so
0: How's yeah. that? Okay, tell me, this is fascinating.
1: Yeah, so in, in, in Chile, there's like this whole class of people who come from European immigrants, but like specifically Spanish immigrants who have been part of the ruling class of Chile for a long time, pre-independence uh, Chile times, you know? And so th- those are like...
0: The whites, basically.
1: No, but in Chile, it's not about race so much. Mm-hmm. It's It's more about kind of class, like...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: like your family tradition like who your family is mm-hmm. yeah it's like these like Spanish sounding last names with like lots of letters lots of R's like I I don't know mm-hmm. Erasuris, like mm-hmm. those last names names of like vineyards people who have like had tons of land usually very traditional Catholic uh, people mm-hmm. uh who all go to like the same group of private Catholic schools they all have like the same type of last names those are like the like really high high status high class in chile okay then there's like another level which is kind of other kind of european family type names and that's kind of like my last name russo Italian. it's actually yeah it's actually from israel but uh-huh. it sounds Italian. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Like my, my family's Sephardi Jews. So okay, they come from like Mediterranean area. I don't know where exactly. A lot could... of things
0: happen on the way. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere over there. Well, Russo sounded, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's Russian. Oh, no? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it looks like it should be Russian at least.
0: <laughs> this is something to do with Russia. Russo, yeah. I think in, in Italian, I think it is, it means Russian, no?
1: Probably, probably. I don't know something I think so but but my mom's side does come from uh Eastern Europe from Uh Moldova so former Soviet Union yeah but anyways so yeah then there's these like like European last names who go to like the international schools uh Mm -hmm. like English and British schools and that's me and that's also kind of like higher class Chileans but not like super high high class like high status Chileans and then there's like the like the middle class like the like more like common last names like lopez tapia whatever you know Mm. those types types of and there's even a a song that like talks about that if your last name is lopez or tapia whatever (laughs) like it's like just like a popular kind of uh chilean song so yeah so that's how people kind of when they knowing your name and your last name and what school you went to they immediately place you in a box like okay camila Russo, i went to santiago college which is like a private international school. Okay, so you're like, you belong to like the higher kind of status, but you're not like super uh, high status, and you're not middle class, and that's kind of how you operate in like Chilean society. And would that limit your opportunities there? In Chile, your your last name and the school, um, and then obviously university, but um, definitely limits uh, your your mobility i think i mean there's been a, a lot of progress like like i said like chile's stability and just like growth um has been the best in in latin america and it has uh, a lot of like social mobility but i think um if if you want to get to like the top top positions like corporate boards ceo level of like the best companies political clout, like that's very hard to do if you don't come like from, from that last name yeah from from these families so wow. i think there is social mobility within middle class but it's but it is limited
0: and so what was the feeling here in the states
1: right so coming here it was like i came to like whenever we went to a social gathering it was like oh yeah what's your name um whatever and like my initial instinct was always to ask the last names like where, like and I was met by like, why do you want to lo- know my last name? <laughs> and I just like realized, oh, my God, like it doesn't matter here or like it doesn't matter as much like because in it's like really prevalent.
0: Well, it's interesting that you felt that because I kind of felt, I guess, the opposite because and I didn't feel it in the beginning, but I have been feeling it recently. And I've been even told that I should change my name on my resume and put my husband's really? name there. Uh, which I don't go by what? that name. Uh, legally, it is my name, but, and, but I'm still confused what to do. And so on, on my LinkedIn, I have both.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> and and why, why have they told you that?
0: Because my, my name and my last name sound foreign and mm-hmm. that people will be less inclined to invite me for an interview for a job because I'm a foreigner.
1: Oh wow okay I, I, I can see that like that that being the case in, in the US that they I think there is some sort of like at least unconscious bias that, I mean mm-hmm. obviously very unfortunate
0: and I can see that and because like they would think oh maybe her English is not so good or maybe she doesn't understand uh, the environment so well. she doesn't understand the context
1: and I get it obviously, like, I don't think there should be any, any sort of uh, discrimination. Um, like, we're both foreigners, we're living here, we understand the culture, the context, everything, you know, like, I don't believe there should ever be any, any discrimination. But I, I, I like, I can see that like being, being the case in the US where something something like being a foreigner might be it might be difficult to uh, access all of the opportunities but in in the just like the the specific case of of how like society is structured I found it to be a lot more um open like less classist um -hmm. than than in Chile um I think there there's a there's a difference I think there is a, a lot more kind of kind of racial uh, problematics uh, in the US than there are in Chile. And that's simply a reason of like, in Chile, everyone looks kind of the same, you know? Um, so there isn't as like, like there's not like that story of slavery either. So it's like yeah. like the issues aren't as, as like, um, don't run as deep on that side, like on, mm-hmm. on the racism side, but are so deep on the like classism side so mm-hmm. I, I, I that was kind of like one one thing that really um, made an impression on me yeah well let me ask you this
0: so what was what did you feel was the biggest gain that you were getting like emotionally or intellectually from the environment not from your education obviously you were getting mm-hmm. great education but just mm-hmm. like from being here as a person
1: Oh well, that's that's a good question. I'm not sure how to how to pinpoint it because there's like so many things that uh, that go into what I gained. Well, let me rephrase
0: it. Maybe maybe I didn't. Uh, I'll tell you what what it was for me, because uh, Russian culture is different from American in this way where Russians were beaten so much uh, throughout the history mm. that we generally have this, you know. Um, and some people might be offended by this but uh that's my point of view that's how i see it that's how what i experienced this kind of learned uh helplessness and this mm. uh feeling of it's not worth even trying nothing good's gonna come so mm. that is why there's a lot of struggle with bringing change or even for people to speak up and there there are mm. people who do but they are such a small minority mm. um It's literally maybe, depending on how you divide it, it may be like between 5 and 15% of the population. Mm. But the majority, the feeling is that, nah, not worth it. Mm. It's not going to happen. And so for me coming to the U.S., the biggest uh, thing that I got in terms of my personal growth was being in the environment where the general consensus is, yes, we can, Mm -hmm. and that feeling of yeah go go do it go get it try it fail do it again I felt so empowered by this and I had some of it obviously because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to even come here if I didn't have a little bit of that but being in that environment really helped I I can't see that happening for me in that way being surrounded with so much negativity
1: totally oh yeah yeah I've gone through kind of the same process as well. In addition to that, I I think like a, a big difference with uh, just education in Chile that I found was um, that here, at least like in the public school I went to um, when I was little, and in Northwestern, there there's this sense of just like trusting the student, empowering the student. In mean, Chile, was all about like how can I catch you. You know, Hmm. like, how can I catch you that you didn't do your homework that you didn't study? I'm going to like pop some like surprise quiz. It was like that sort of mentality in education. But here, I remember teachers didn't check that you did your homework. It was just like expected that you did. This whole system that that just kind of trusts you. And so it builds your confidence a lot more. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. they're treating me like an adult. So I'm going to behave like an adult. I have mm-hmm. like responsibilities. And I'm going to fulfill them. The whole system kind of trusts you. And then you start to trust yourself and like it builds your confidence. It's a whole different mentality and like education. I think it makes for like more kind of empowered people. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think
0: the amount of money people pay and that's a whole separate conversation. But when you know that you're paying for it, <laughs> I think you're you're more inclined to do the homework.
1: Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I was like, I am not going to miss like a second of class because like of yeah. how much this thing is is costing me. Even like in, in like elementary school and, and middle school, I still got that sense from teachers. Right. And then later on, kind of in my professional career at, at Bloomberg, yeah, what you're talking about, kind of this sense of you can do everything, you know, you can kind of go for it. It's probably not the case for for many people. I feel like I was really lucky 99% not all cases but like most people I encountered in my professional career at Bloomberg were really supportive they wanted to like see me succeed like my managers they were like always there to help wow Um, that's not very common no right like I I, I know (laughs) I I know that like it, it was like a good place like Bloomberg was a good place to be That's it
0: for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in on Thursday for part two of the conversation where we talk about Camilla's work at Bloomberg, her personal journey into the world of crypto and her book, The Infinite Machine. Find Camilla on Twitter, find the Defiant website, subscribe to their newsletter, watch their YouTube videos, get Camilla's book and good luck falling down the crypto rabbit hole. Just buckle in. It's a bumpy ride. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Get We The Aliens t-shirt or hoodie summer is officially here things are starting to open up and you can get out and see people and be seen by people in real life not just on zoom you're gonna need your social skills back but fear not if you wear one of our bright colored shirts you will be the talk of the town okay maybe not but they're fun and when you're wearing a shirt or giving it as a gift it helps us spread the word about the podcast and that's all what it's about speaking of which Don't forget to share the show with a friend. I don't know. Someone who's considering to come to the U.S. to study or someone who is an international student here looking to start their career or someone who's into crypto because guess what? We all will be. Or someone who's like me, just a fan of rock star women in business and media. Just click share, text them a link and remember, we're here to stay. We'll find our way. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Keep staying safe. Love y'all. Peace.